0: James, there's a passage in chapter 3 that we need not ignore. It's important that we come to it and honestly look at ourselves and the way in which he is sharing. We often act and how we should put ourselves in right relationship to God. James chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers and sisters, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For all of us make many mistakes. Anyone who makes no mistakes is speak in speaking is perfect, able to keep the whole body in check with a bridle. If we put bits into the mouths of horses... To make them obey us, we guide their whole bodies. Or look at ships. Though they are so large that it takes strong winds to drive them, yet they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great exploits. How great a forest is set ablaze by a small fire, and the tongue is a fire. The tongue is placed among our members as a world of iniquity. It stains the whole body, sets on fire the circle, the cycle of nature, and is itself set on fire by hell. For every species of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by the human species, but no one can tame the tongue, a restless evil, full of deadly poison, With it, we bless the Lord and Father, and with it, we curse those who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and brackish water? Can a fig tree, my brothers and sisters, yield olives or a grapevine figs? No more can salt water yield fresh. If we could just keep our mouths shut at times, things would probably work out better. We say and do things that are so hurtful. I remember growing up and my parents would say to me, sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt you. She told me that as a defense against the other bully third graders that were out there that were calling me names. But words really do hurt, don't they? They really do. In fact, some of that stuff you carry with you all your life. I have no idea exactly why Greg Hendy walked across the U.S. I don't know if you can read the note. It says, I've taken a vow of silence and I'm walking across America. He got back just about a year ago now, having walked the entire surface of this U.S. from one shore to the other without saying a word, without carrying... In his pocket, a cell phone. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? Without email. In fact, his parents, who knew he was on this venture, the only way they knew where he was is when he would take out his debit card and purchase a little bit of food at these Zippy markets, 7-Elevens along the way. And they would track his course across America. It's interesting as he reflected back on that journey. He came to his birthday, July the 9th, 2014, when he completed his journey. And he was about to speak his first words after having not spoken at all. And he got so emotional, he could hardly contain the tears. And as he reflected later with his parents about that, he said to himself, as he was talking to his dad, he said, it just felt so violent to actually speak. And they thought that he was going a little bit crazy. (laughs) And they asked him about that. And he said, it's just so, it's just so odd to speak after having been silent so long. Now, you and I don't have a clue about that, do we? (laughs) Because we talk all the time. There's this constant conversation that is going on even now. I see some of you texting out there this constant conversation that's going on in our minds that doesn't allow us to have the taste of silence he had become much more aware than you and i of perhaps the damage that's done just by that incessant flow Of words we're not aware of the damage we do by the amount of talking that is a part of our life or the nature of the words that we speak or the attitudes that we have the look that we give someone the post that we put on Facebook or Twitter Or the tone of her voice. I have to be reminded by this. I dearly appreciate Sue for keeping me on course. She tells me my tone of voice, even though my words are right, my tone of voice can get pretty bad at times. Don't talk with her after worship about this... You don't need to know any of the details, but I'll share with you one thing that really brought it to my attention. We lived in Warner Robins for eight years before coming here to Statesboro. And I was in a store in Warner Robins and was checking out, and there was some confusion there at the counter. I don't remember saying anything that was bad, But I had evidently become very impatient with the one that was ringing up the groceries that I was purchasing. And in the midst of that, I thought, how can she be doing this? She doesn't seem to know what she's doing. Before I left the counter, she said, now you're the pastor just down the street, aren't you? And I thought, I thought I was getting away with this. (laughs) You and I do all kinds of damage without realizing it. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 7, I don't know what I'm doing because I don't do what I want to do. Instead, I do the very thing that I hate. Does that represent you in any way? Do you find that you do the things that you don't want to do? Jesus, you remember, said, Be wise as serpents, but harmless as dove. A lot of us forget the second part of that. We just want to be known as wise, as serpents, and we're pretty good at being serpents. But this harmless as dove stuff, That is for the birds. The only way that we get by with this is through forgiveness. You remember Jesus said, y'all have got to cut each other a lot of slack. Does your Bible say that? Y'all have got to cut each other a lot of slack. Maybe it says... How many times are we forgive? Seven times 70. You don't stop forgiving. That's the only way that we can get through the damage that we do with our conversations with each other. But James, if you listen to what was just read, James is encouraging us not to rely on forgiveness in order to give us through, get us through. Even though forgiveness is crucial and it is such a part of who we are as followers of Christ. To plan on the fact of forgiveness is really to do injustice to the nature of what Christ is seeking to be about in our lives. Christ is trying to transform us. James said you should act as transformed people. Let me ask you this. Do you have memories in your life of things that other people have said to you that really injured you in some way? Can you think of those situations where somebody said something to you? It may have been a year ago, five years ago, ten years ago, but still you remember it because it was spoken so hatefully. Now, let me ask you this. Can you think of any times that you have spoken and you know in your heart that you've injured somebody else by the way that you've communicated? James wouldn't have gone for the halo, (laughs) he would have said, He is not worthy of the halo. This younger brother of Jesus, who is traditionally known to be the writer of these words that we're focusing on today, put himself with the rest of us. He didn't try to separate. In fact, he used the plural pronoun we continually, and he was trying to say, we're in this together. He didn't put himself above anyone else. And yet by his understanding, I imagine that he actually was doing pretty well with it all. He would say to us, those who are teachers should know better. Now this is is tough language for a preacher. I'm here in the role of being a teacher to you. But you also are teachers among yourselves, in your families, in your places of work. People look to you as being representatives of Christ. James says, we all make mistakes often. And those who don't mistakes, uh, they must be perfect. <laughs> but it's as if he's never seen someone like that. Except Jesus. He uses five metaphors to describe the situation. I don't know a lot about horses, but he talks about a bridle and a bit in a horse's mouth. And how the rider can guide the horse to where the horse should go. Even a large stallion. But for those of you who have ever been around horses, maybe you know that a horse can have a mind of his own anyway. This is the point that James is making. You bridle, but beware Because bridling is not sufficient in most situations. And he uses the illustration of the ship. This large ship that is driven through the sea by these winds that catch its sails. And yet the captain of the ship, the pilot is able to direct the ship with this small piece of wood there called a rudder that points it in the direction this way and that. Our tongue does the controlling of us rather than the other way around, James is saying. And then he uses that illustration of the fire I have shared with some of you before that when I was living in Metter in the 6th grade I was a boy scout and I was learning about how to make fires I thought I got this I got this I had a dear friend who went with me And I remember picking up Coke bottles beside the road until we had gotten enough to take and turn in. You'd get a three cents for a Coke bottle. And we got about a dollar and a half or two dollars between the two of us. I thought we were going to buy some chocolate milk or something. And Tommy said... How about we buy some matches? I thought, this is going to be good. (laughs) And so we bought some matches and went off to an edge of meadow, and in a ditch started a little fire, which we knew we could do. We were scouts. And... When we looked at it and decided it wasn't nearly as big as it should be, we went off in search of more dry branches. When we got back to the fire, which we had left totally unattended, it was this raging inferno 30 feet in diameter. Tommy looked at me, and I looked at him, and we began to stomp fire as best we could. It had no effect on what was happening. We just about burned down Metter. Have you ever heard of that? <laughs> we just about burned down Metter. <laughs> they called the fire department in and tried to put water on it and could not put it out. They called the forestry department in finally and dug a trench around it. And it died out finally. But it was one of the scariest things I have ever been involved with. All from a small flame. Just a match. James says, James says, our tongue is like a fire. You think what you are saying is small and has, has no consequence on others. He says, no. He says, it will turn into a raging inferno before you know it. Like, in fact, he uses an interesting illustration. He's there in Jerusalem as he's speaking these words. And just outside the walls of Jerusalem is this trash dump called Gehenna, hell in This translation, Gehenna, he's looking out there. Gehenna is always on fire, it's always smoldering, always burning. And he's saying, That's what your tongue is like. In fact, that's what your tongue is doing. You'll do so much damage, you and I, if we don't have any constraint. Because we ought to be taming it. Don't watch network news to find out how this is done. We should be taming our tongues, constraining what we say. Rather than distorting and twisting the truth about each other, he raises the metaphor of a spring and says, Does salt water and fresh water come out of the same spring? It's not possible. Out of your life, is it possible for you to spill forth anger and truly call yourself a follower of Jesus? Is it possible for you to be deceitful? Is it possible for you to speak of others unlovingly? Is it possible for you to be a bully toward others? I'm looking at this front row here. Y'all look at me. Y'all look at me. Is it possible for you to be a bully and really call yourself a follower of Jesus? Y'all know how damaging that can be. You do. And it'll stay with you for life, this damage that's done. I've mentioned this before, but it bears repeating. John Wesley circulated three very simple rules. And I bet that you remember them. Do no harm, do good, and stay in love with God. Say those with me. Do no harm, do good, and stay in love with God. But that last one is tricky because staying in love with God is this matter of prayerful living into community because he was always talking about public worship and private worship and prayer and communion, these times of getting together with other Christians, lovingly associating with the community around us in order to let God Help us. When John Wesley wrote his commentary on these verses, he said, no man can tame the tongue without the peculiar help from God. The only way that you and I can do better than we're doing now is to really pray through these things. Some of you have been a part of churches that have been just torn apart because of things that people said and did. God expects better from us. Do you remember the prayer of St. Francis? You know that prayer that's attributed to him, Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light, where there is sadness, joy. Listen to these words. O divine master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console. To be understood as to understand. To be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, in pardoning that we are pardoned. And in dying that we are born to eternal life. Is that the way that you communicate with those around you? If we're going to take seriously putting our faith into practice, if faith truly is to work for us, we must work at it. Are you working at this part? Be careful what you say. Let it be loving. Let's pray. Holy Lord, we ask for your assistance because left to ourselves, we make tragic errors. We say things that are hurtful, that are damaging to the relationships that we have with others. But also that just do such destruction, that cause such pain, that others around us carry these thoughts with them for days and weeks, even years. I pray that you would work the miracle, that peculiar miracle within us of helping us to truly live as Christ lived and that everything that we think and what we say Even in the tone of our voice, the way that we look at people, that everything might be done out of love. Hear our prayer, O Lord. Save us. Amen. stumble again still I'm caught in your